Welcome to Radically Honest Podcast. Through raw storytelling, we're going to demystify the true keys to success in our digital age through our shared humanity. Welcome back, everyone. It's your host, Asam Lee, and today I am joined by Maddie James. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Sam. We're so excited to get to know you as an influencer slash entrepreneur. You have built an incredible audience on your Instagram, right around like 100,000 followers. And you have this caption that says, making everyday magic. A huge part of your mission is helping influencers get brand deals that they deserve, that they're worthy of essentially. But before we get started into your businesses, can you give us some relatable just facts so the audience can get to know you better? Sure. I am Maddie. I am an influencer and entrepreneur based in Atlanta. And I am a wife and a mom of three. So I am really the everyday woman. I really love creating content and just kind of went for it. I decided that I wanted to make it a business and it's been quite the journey. I started blogging in 2010 when it was like ancient and nobody really knew what we were doing back then. And it's been really, really fun to just slowly but surely grow. And I absolutely love it. You know, when I went to school, I wanted to be a magazine editor. I actually learned about blogging and it kind of slowly but surely took over my life. I loved reading blogs. I still do to this day to be able to create content that I once used to admire. It's just so, so cool to me. Yeah, but I'm just like a girl's girl. I love getting dressed up. I love makeup. I love, you know, learning about the latest trends and all of that. And so I try to convey that in a really relatable and approachable way. I get to do it while creating content with my family, which is there's nothing cooler than that. That's incredible. You definitely have the most beautiful headshots on your socials. Going back into the earlier days of your life, what was growing up like for you? And where did that inspiration for magazine editing and all of that all come from? Such a great question. I had such a great childhood. My sister and I talk about this all the time. And my sister is also an entrepreneur. And we really do give so much credit to our parents. You know, we have immigrant parents. I am first American generation of a Liberian family. And I think my parents, when they came to this country, because they had so little, they really just went out of their way to make sure that we never had to go through any of the struggles that they had to go through. Of course, we were far from rich, but we really did just have such a good time growing up. We had movie night and all of those, you know, like little things like dinner time around the table all together as a family. My mom, who is just like still the coolest woman on the planet to me, she was just the quintessential woman. She had cool sunglasses and jewelry and all of that. And she read magazines all the time. And so because I would see how excited she would get about her magazines, whether she picked it up from the grocery store or would get a new issue from one of her monthly subscriptions, I really then got into magazines too. So I would look with her and I got really invested into magazines because of that. My parents were and still are to this day so encouraging. It brings tears to my eyes. They are probably the most encouraging people on the planet. When I told them that I wanted to get into journalism, they were like, you can totally do that. You could totally be an editor. That kind of encouragement definitely stayed with me up until I started blogging. And I really did believe within myself that I could do it, but because of those seeds that my parents planted in me. Parents are the best. And I love hearing that story because I'm sure 
it's bringing up so much nostalgia for you as a mom now. What was your first job? What was that like? And what did it actually teach you about the professional world? So I was a clerk at a grocery store. I rang people up. It does bring back a lot of nostalgia. And it was 10 minutes from my house. My dad would drop me off to work every day. He would pick me up. And I only had like four hour shifts because I was still a student. Back then, I think the law or their policy was that if you were a student, you could only work four or six hour shifts. It was really cool. The I grew up in the Pittsburgh area and the grocery store was called Giant Eagle. And I will never forget it. And it just taught me about integrity. It just taught me because you had to count the drawers and make sure your money was in the right place. So it really did teach me about independence, integrity, customer service. To me, I feel like learning how to be a good employee in turn has made me a good boss. Still to this day, so thankful for that experience. I mean, it certainly wasn't glamorous and it doesn't literally have anything to do with what I'm doing now, but the lessons learned there are certainly still relevant to me today. I completely agree. I think it's so vital when you have a more like labor intensive job, starting to realize like how many little puzzle pieces truly make an entire business run well. What was your why in choosing to start your businesses now? You know, it was really important to me when we started a family. I think everyone starts a family when you get married or you choose your life partner and like who you want to be with. To me, that is a family. Two people are a family. It was so important to me to do something that I was willing to essentially pour my life into. I just didn't want to half-ass it for the most part. I just didn't want to dabble in it. I really wanted to throw myself in it completely. Nothing made me happier than creating content, changing people's lives for the better. I was working retail at the time when I got engaged to my husband. I was just like, I can't start my life like this. So I left retail. I was an intern for about a year and a half, just trying to learn different things. I interned at a radio, a sports radio station where I was on their promotions team and learned about marketing. Then I interned for Brown Foreman the makers of Jack Daniels. And I was part of the Jack Daniels and Gentleman Jack program there for about six months. I really learned a lot. I think a lot of the marketing behind the scenes of even how brands make decisions on what they're going to give their budget to. So incredibly insightful for me as someone now who partners with brands who give up their budget to essentially pay me as an influencer. When I started to do the blogging thing, I always knew that I wanted to make it a business. It certainly did not start off paying me by any means two years before I really actually got paid. And I mean, like 250 bucks. <laughs> and then maybe about three years until I actually got paid money that made a difference in my mortgage and my actual monthly bills five years total before I went full time, which is I was actually making as much money as my nine to five job. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to lean into this and I'm going to go ahead and commit even more. I will say, even when people thought I was crazy, even when people were, they didn't understand what it was, I was always really committed to the, the blogging and influencer world. It's really been cool to see it grow and, and become its own thing organically, but it did come with a lot of hard work and it did come with a lot of encouraging myself when no one else knew why or what I was doing. I'm so admirable of the persistence that you've had. The fact that you've never gave up on your passion for blogging and creating this audience that you know 
could multiply your impact as an influencer. What would you tell people that are currently in that early phase where they love blogging or they love their socials, but they're having a hard time persisting to the point where income is realized like it did for you? Yeah, you have to remember your why. You're going to have to show up so many times before that big audience is going to show up for you. I'm in year 10 of doing this. And for some people, like just hitting 100,000 followers might seem like, goodness, it took you so long to get there. To me, it's absolutely worth it. You know, one, because most of those followers are so engaged because they've been with me throughout the journey. I think a lot of people have the misconception that because you're creating content for the internet, it's going to be easier. It's a little bit more lighthearted. It is incredibly fun. When I'm creating content for Instagram, I'm certainly not doing rocket science. So it's definitely a little bit more lighthearted than that for sure. But it is really, really hard. It's really, really hard to be consistent. It's really hard to consistently put out high quality and valuable content day by day. I want people to know that one, they can do it. You know, I don't want you to be scared. So I certainly don't say this to scare you, but I absolutely want you to know and understand you have to put in the work and that it doesn't matter what niche you're in. It doesn't matter how long you've been doing it. It's going to require hard work at every single level. Yes. Thank you for that, Maddie. I think it is kind of underrated how much hard work is poured into building such platforms, especially since it's seen as more of a hobby or like a side hustle at the beginning. But what is one thing you wish you would have told yourself when you were younger and kind of questioning perhaps, can I make it in this industry? Be yourself show up as yourself. I think so many times we downplay our story or our journey because it doesn't look like someone else we may admire, you know, someone else who's at the top of the game or, you know, the the sweetheart of the industry. And that's fine. It's really our stories that make us stand out. People, when they are trying to do this influencer thing, they're so focused on being different. The being different is just being good. If you consistently tell your story, that is being different because so many people are not willing to be consistent. And so many people are even unaware how to tell their story in an authentic way without trying to make it seem like they're picture perfect, or they don't have any problems or issues. And that really is the truth. If I could tell 25 year old Maddie, you know, hey, this is what you need to do. It'd be like, be yourself, tell your story, show up as you, this is enough. You don't have to try to dress yourself up as far as being someone you're not just to impress a bunch of people who might've already been impressed with who you were simply because you were yourself. The more I became myself, the more I was authentic, the more I was genuinely Maddie was always when I got further, I got better opportunities and my audience connected with me the most. I love that it connects to your core mission and you're able to sustain that throughout the entire journey. Could you tell us a story of a time where you felt just really in touch with your humanity, whether it was empathy or connection to a specific struggle or like your internal motivation? Yeah. I, and I share this story often because I it's so important for people to realize how human influencers are. Mm. You know, I kind of look at influencers as almost like the new celebrities. You know, I think people see our highlight reels, which is our Instagram feed. In 2016, my husband and I were separated. A lot of people, you know, will comment and, and say really sweet things about me and my husband, but we're very human. Marriage is very hard. It takes a lot of work. When I share that, so many people were like, what? 
one, blown away and shocked, but they were so appreciative of the fact that I even shared that very human moment. And it was important to me because I want people to know that I'm human. I want people to know that we are all human in my family, no matter how picture perfect they may seem sometimes. I'm often sharing with you guys my highlight reel. It takes a lot of work. And part of the reason we were separated was really because I was putting work over my family and things have to go in order. When things are out of order, they don't work. That's why when you go to a public bathroom and the stall doesn't work, that's why there's a sign there that says out of order. You have to keep your life in order if you want your business to flourish, being an influencer included. When I was able to then kind of step back, reshape my life, shift my priorities and put them in order, things in my personal life and my professional life flowed a lot more smoother. It was important for my audience to know that because it was a huge part of my story. It didn't feel right just sweeping it under the rug. I think you can be human and even discreet, right? Without, you know, of course, exposing or embarrassing anybody. But I think you can also be true and say, hey, this happened to me before. And so if it's happening to you, know that you'll be okay and that it happens to the best of us. You are never alone. Like if you're listening right now and go through something difficult, I promise you that someone that you admire on a platform of highlight reels has probably gone through the same thing or a similar difficult struggle. I feel like this is an untapped topic because when you consider like entrepreneurship, starting a business, becoming an influencer, there's so much emphasis on the hustle, on the getting to work, but not a lot on make sure that your personal life is aligned first. And what if you truly learn about the importance of that being the priority? And how do you do that without sacrificing the potential growth of your business? Well, I think you've got to get clear on what your values are personally. Once you're able to establish and get clear on what your personal values are, then doing it for your professional values will also determine the direction that your business will go in and and how it'll be successful. You know, my values are God, they're family, they're having fun. All of these things are part of the magic that I talk about making every day. But if I wasn't clear on what that magic was, I could not make it every day. And so it's even the same thing for my business. I'm really clear on teamwork. I'm really clear on family. Everybody who's on my team is a mom. And so I respect those boundaries. You know, if I have a team member who says, Hey, I'm not going to be able to make it for my meeting today because my kid's not feeling well, that comes first. I don't care how important the meeting is. It's not more important than my team member's family. This is something that's incredibly important to me because to me, I feel like no matter how great business and work is going, if your personal life is in shambles and you're not clear on what the goals and the values and the standards are in your personal life, that professional life will come crumbling down on you because it's not going to keep you warm at night. It's not <laughs> going to you know, bring you peace. It'll make you some money, but it's not going to bring you that peace. And to me, there is nothing more valuable than peace. I value peace even more than happiness because it really, really does, in fact, help you stay centered and, and be your truest self. And so that's really what I've learned. And now that I echo that no matter who I work with, whether it's a brand, a team member, another influencer, I really see that the results are so positive. That's such a valuable point you bring up, Maddie, because online, you could put a facade, you could put up those filtered posts, but in the long run, you can't bake it. As in, if you're professing a lifestyle of well-being and peace and health and good personal relationships, then I feel like you have to truly embody that in your life before you could preach it in a way. 
where did you come up with making everyday magic? Like what was the inspiration behind that? Because I love it. I think it's unique. I think it's original to your brand. And I'd love to get a little inside look into it. It's funny. It came from my husband who is also creative and he just really has really truly been the creative backbone behind so many of the great and really cool pieces of content I've created. I had a friend uh, a few years back. She was really excited about my blog and she was telling a coworker about me. These two women, my friend and her coworker, both black women like myself, and she shared the, the blog with, with her. And the next day she comes back and she's like, well, I don't get it. She's just a everyday black girl, <laughs> you know? And my friend was like, that's the point. That's the point. That's what makes this so cool and relatable and awesome. And the magic in my content is that it is really essentially just like showing you how to make every day great. I think so many times we save really cute outfits or we save really nice foods or we save certain things that we like and enjoy for special moments. But I think getting up every day is a blessing. It is a special moment. There's so many people who are not as blessed to necessarily do that. And I think we have to really savor every moment. And to me, I, I, I like consistency. You know, if you follow me, you know that consistency is a big thing of mine, routines and schedules, especially because I have small children are really important to me. But it's really those little moments where you like are thrown off schedule because you decided to bake cupcakes with your, you know, with your kids mm. or because you decided to put on those jeans that you can now fit since you've been consistent on your workout you now feel really good as you carry out the rest of your day because you're wearing these jeans that you've loved for a while or that you treated yourself to you know, a really nice piece of jewelry because you actually, in fact, were able to finish an assignment for school or knock out a really great work project. These are the things that to me are exciting. You know, these are the things that really keep people's hearts beating day by day. That's what I want my content to do for people. You know, that's how I live my life. And that's how I want my content to make others feel and, and motivate them and inspire to do. And so I, I tend to gravitate towards words with the with the letter M, of course, because my name starts with it. And so making <laughs> everyday magic just really flowed. And, and I really do hope I, that's what my content injects in their lives. Do you have like a testimony of someone that was positively impacted by your content reaching out to you that really stuck with you and perhaps give you an inside look into what it is on the flip side of receiving your content? Yeah, you know, I, I will say the people who follow me when they can come back and say, oh my gosh, luckily through Instagram, people can message me and, and people really are great with sending the sweetest messages. But I mean, people will literally say like, oh my gosh, I saw the science experiment you did with your kid. Now I know what we can do this weekend. We were looking for something to do as a family. That is always huge, you know, and people are like, you know what? I have been working from home and I've really just been staying in my pajamas the whole time. But I now I've, you know, grabbed a couple of loungewear pieces because of you and really now get dressed every day and have been more productive. Those are the things that excite me. I have a Facebook group. There's about 4,000 people in there and they're just really awesome and really highly engaged with me. And I really enjoy that. But they have a new hashtag that they created and this was all on their own. I didn't suggest it. And it's kind of become like this running joke where it's it's called hashtag Maddie made me do it and it, oh, it includes them like going to the container store and buying things to do notes and different things like that because I get excited about sharing the things with people that have made my life better and as, as soon as I hear that 
you know, I know some people want to keep it to themselves and I am the complete opposite. I'm like, oh my gosh, it made my life better. Hopefully it can make yours better too, if it's a fit for you. And that's really how I live my life and essentially create my content. When I hear these stories of people saying like, oh my gosh, I had just been bombarded because of everything that's going on with my kid doing virtual school and this and that, but your IG live on productivity just helped us like get our meal plan together, or I feel so much more at peace. There's no brand partnership, there is no amount of money that can match that kind of energy and how that makes me feel. That's why I always tell people, you know, some people are like, oh, I didn't want to bother you, whether they, you know, see me in person or they didn't want to DM me because they didn't want to bother me. And I always encourage them. I'm like, that is literally what keeps me running. So if I encouraged you and you want to share that with me, I don't want you to ever hold back from that because that is really what keeps me going. Yes, I can't even imagine a greater feeling than knowing that you made someone's life better in such a tangible way. On the flip side, you talked about the difficulty of just sharing like your personal life and a little bit of the insight into what was going on behind the highlight reel. What was a moment that you truly felt so grateful and so blessed that you persisted throughout now 10 years. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really in that season. You know, I'm not in even the slightest way jaded, or maybe even to a fault. My friends and my husband will be like, hey, you've been doing this for 10 years. Of course you got this opportunity, you know, because I'm always like, can you believe that? Like, you know, I'm always excited Mm -hmm. working with a company and a brand right now and they gifted me a car for a year. And I was like, are you kidding me? I was just like confused on how that happened. I'm like, I'm sorry, you want to give me a vehicle? I I just want to understand this. And I feel really fortunate. We've been in um, our new home now. Next month will make it a year that we've been here. And we've just had so many great opportunities. I had one brand like pretty much gift us every single thing that's in my baby's nursery. We've had so many really awesome and remarkable things like for our backyard. You know, we had another brand gift us things for that. I just feel really fortunate that I get to work with brands that I already use, have been using for years and that I genuinely love. I just feel so fortunate that I get to work with them, that I get to get paid to work with them and essentially get paid to just be myself. That has never lost on me how wild of a blessing that is. I always tell people I am wildly fortunate and that is never, never lost on me. So Yeah, to be honest, every single day I feel like I made it because I get to do something that I love being myself with my family and getting to share it with others and giving them subconsciously permission to do it themselves. Mm, That's a great mindset to have and also a great realization to have. Like you've never fully made it, but at the same time, every day you've made it. So could you tell us a story of a time that you faced adversity regarding your business? I'm sure there are like more tangible parts where you have to pivot because your income isn't going the way that you want it to or etc. And I feel like a lot of those harder moments are less amplified in the world of influencers. Could you tell us a story of a time that you faced adversity and how did you overcome that? Gosh, there's so many little moments. I mean, there's been moments, of course, where I've just like lowballed myself and I'm like, I, I got scared and I didn't ask for the money I actually wanted. And of course, a brand was quick and they were like, yes, you know, we'll do it. And it's like, man, I probably could have asked them for more. And now I find myself doing a lot of work 
for much lower than I would like to be paid. So you have those instances. I have many instances where no one has ever done anything overtly or wildly, what's the word? I guess, you know, really, to be honest, like racist or sexist against me. But I know that it's very much so indirectly that, right? Because Mm. I've had I cannot even name how many times it's happened to me. I have had brands like say, well, is there something we're missing there? Like, why do you think that you can ask for this much money? And I've been in this industry for a while. So I know that my peers are asking for this. You know, I've gotten this from other brands. So when a brand now ask me like, why, why are you asking me this? And it's like, well, because you're asking me to do work. I just know that my white counterparts and my male counterparts are not dealing with that. Really, I think the best thing that I've learned how to do is just like try your best not to take things personally, Mm. which is easier said than done. And that also too, not only do you not take things personally, but then stand up for yourself. I'm in a situation right now where I had someone respond to us, you know, me and my team, me and my attorney, in fact, very negatively. Um, And my attorney is also a black woman. And this person just was like, well, I just don't understand. Like, have you guys ever even been in a situation like this? And I'm like laughing because I'm like, my attorney is an attorney. So she's obviously been in a situation like this. My mom always says you have to laugh to stay from crying because it's like people will just talk to you if they think that you are beneath them. And that's a them problem, not a me problem. But yeah, it's hard to not take it off the chin and and, (laughs) and keep it moving. So understand your worth and really understand again why you're doing what you're doing and know why you are valuable. Speak up for yourself when those moments arrive. And I'm always very direct too. You know, the brand I was telling you about who asked me why um, I said that, I was very, very direct with them. I was like, if I was not a black woman, you would not be asking me that. There is no way that if I was a white man, you would have asked me that. And it's important to check that because if I did not handle that directly, then they would think that they could do it to another person who looks like me, who is just like me. That's not okay. And I think that we're in a season right now where people are understanding or, or they need to understand that, you know, maybe that was okay years ago. Maybe that was okay in like an old system in the olden days of, of an industry, but we're not going to take that anymore. I don't want my daughters or my son to have to take that and they shouldn't have to. Absolutely. I think it's so important to recognize that you are a role model in so many different ways in your personal life, your professional life. And also you can't let anyone else's perception of you affect your value and the high worth that you have built for yourself. I think that's really valuable takeaways there. And how did your personal and professional growth evolve throughout those experiences? I think personally, like I said, you learn how to stand up for yourself, which I think is hard in any season, right? It's definitely hard as a kid, you know, especially if you're standing up to a bully, but in a sense, you're doing that as an adult too. So it really does take a toll and it does help boost your your confidence. Like even if you do it scared, I think a lot of us don't do things because we're scared. It's like, okay, you're scared. That's part of being human. Just do it scared. And so those are just kind of things I've had to tell myself in my head. It definitely is part of my personal development. And that's why I read. I, I love reading. And so that is always helpful. And I have these conversations with my husband with my sister, with my friends also, so we can talk about it and we can encourage each other to kind of be like, hey, do you think I did the right thing? What would you have done? And I think it's important to be 
transparent and candid about those moments and not just keep it into yourself because that can really be taxing on you. So I, I definitely think it's helped me develop my, my confidence and even develop my professionalism because it's like you can confront something and still be professional, but just call out the nonsense or the BS on something and say, that's not okay. And so let's make sure that we don't continue that behavior. Yes. What kind of books would you recommend for your audience that have like really changed your life for the better? I always lead with Atomic Habits by James Clear. I think if people want to be consistent, I love that he breaks down literally exactly what it takes to develop a habit, whether it's good or bad, and what your brain actually does and the psychology between actually developing a habit and you know how you reward yourself and how you repeat it. And it's really great. It's fascinating. He has so many really, really great little nuggets in there. I really, really love it. I'm currently reading How to Talk So People Will Listen by Steve Brown. I really love that one as well. Huge fan of Pat Flynn. And so I've also been reading Superfans just because I'm about to hit that 100,000 follower mark. And so just reading about how to really, thank you, um, just how to really connect with my audience is really important to me. So that's a really great book. I loved Grace Not Perfection by Emily Lay, who was the founder of Simplified. I thought that was just really great. And that really helped me in my personal and home life. So many times it's easy to just be really hard on yourself because you didn't get laundry done, but we'll extend grace to other people. And it's important to learn how to extend grace to yourself. I really liked, oh, I loved The Productivity Project by Chris Bailey. thought that was a really, really good one. And I love productivity and consistency books, so... Yeah, that was another, another good one. If y'all ever need some good books to read during this time period, definitely check those out. So we've touched on your adversity. And now you've talked about being a boss, being a leader, having that evolution of growth affect the way that you mentor others. What would you say that these adversity experiences have done for your leadership capabilities? Yeah, I think it definitely has shaped me as a leader and one helped me to one stand up for someone else because I was able to stand up for myself because I think it's hardest to stand up for yourself. So if you're able to tackle the harder thing, you'll certainly be able to tackle something that's a little less hard and then certainly encourage others how to stand up for themselves and speak up for themselves and stand flat footed 100% in their value. And really to lead by example, I love giving advice and and telling people like what worked for me and sharing a story where I've had a specific experience. But if I can show you instead of just tell you, I think that's always really great. And so instead of just telling you to stand up for yourself, if I'm actively doing that in front of people and even behind closed doors, I think that's just a reflection of the integrity and the character of who I am as a leader. And I take being a leader so much more seriously than being a boss. I think a boss is somebody who makes money, which is great. You know, that's what you get into business for. But I think being a leader is somebody who changes someone's life for the positive because they led by example and encourage somebody to really lean into being their fullest self and leaning into their gifts and talents. Yes, I completely agree. Do you happen to take any of those like personality tests like Myers-Briggs or Clifton Strengths, any of those? I believe we did Myers-Briggs and then I think, is it the Enneagram? Yes, the Enneagram. Yeah, the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm a two. 
if I'm not mistaken. I'm like a two with like three tendencies or however they word it. But yeah, so we love taking those personality tests here. I think that's such a great way to gain insight into how you work personality wise and how that can integrate or even conflict with other people on your team. Obviously, the people that help you grow your business, that work for you, that are your employees in a sense, they've helped you along the journey. But you also profess a different clientele. So what are like the top three tips that you give these growing influencers to kind of fight for what they should earn in a brand deal? I think we've definitely got to just be clear on the value of like what your content brings to the table. So I think it's being clear on that because if a brand is like, hey, what's your rate? Or if they ask you, why should we pay you? You should be able to answer that question without hesitation and, and confidently. And if you're completely aware and you're knowledgeable on why you're valuable, which to me, value equals usefulness. So if you know why your content is useful to a brand, then you will be able to answer that question. And I think the second thing is ask for the money you actually want, not what you think you'll get. I think so many of us, again, operate and navigate out of fear again. And I've done it time and time again earlier in my career where it's like, I'm going to ask for what I'll think I'll get so I don't ruffle any feathers. It's okay to ruffle feathers. This is business. Everybody here is a big girl and a big boy. And then I think lastly, under-promise and over-deliver. So whatever that brand has asked you for, you know, just knock it out of the park, just really blow it out of the water so that way they come back to you for repeat business. Mm, that's really awesome. Thank you so much for that. And as far as your writing style as a blogger, how has that changed to become a little bit more personal and more value-adding to your audience? Because I'm sure that has been a journey in of itself. Yeah, I just feel like I'm a little bit more like my more of myself. I think you put down the airs and you know, instead of like trying to write perfectly, I try to write like I speak. So I really want my blog posts, my IG captions, you know, my stories, I really want it to feel like an ongoing continuing conversation with my followers. That's important because if if at any time they feel like I'm talking at them versus to them, then we're running into a problem because now I'm thinking that I'm above them and I'm not at all. Um, and so for me, it really is talking. It's about talking to them. And I think I realized that as I went full times so about five years ago, I think I realized where it's like, it's really not this, you know, performance more than it is really like this journey that you're taking together with your audience. Mm, I see. And how did you maintain such good consistency throughout your 10 years? Because I know a lot of people start like side projects or blogs, and it's really hard for them to keep it up, which falters their audience growth. Yeah, it's tough because I think there's so many really good ideas out there. There's so many things you could be doing. The issue is, is that if you are really focused and you're really clear on like the one thing you're trying to accomplish, then you know, you'll understand that a good idea can really still be a distraction because it's taking you away from what your bottom line is. You know, just really going back to the drawing board and really kind of just reminding myself, you know, I think that I've always been clear, like I want to be remembered as one of the greatest content creators that honestly the internet has ever seen. And so remembering and knowing that has really helped me and knowing that I can only do it in the way Maddie can do it and not how everyone else is doing it has really been something that one, I've been candid about again with my husband and my close friends, and they have been really great to remind me of that if I am kind of losing sight of that. That's really, really valuable. Could you break down the differences between 
your audience's idealistic perspective on social media like Instagram and your reality? Like, what are like the main things as we wrap up that you want them to know the next time they go onto your profile? What do you want them to know about your behind the scenes? Well, that you're probably looking at something that is incredibly staged and produced for the sake of content looking good. That's my job. My job is to make content look good. So while I might be having a really good moment and while my kids might really be laughing, one, they probably do not look like that 90% of the time because they're five, two, and eight months. So everyone is usually like in something that probably has a stain on it after they've gone outside and played or eaten lunch or anything like that. Um, You know, I do not do my hair and makeup every single day perfectly. That's just not realistic for my schedule. So if you do see me done up, know it specifically because I am taking this picture for my blog or my Instagram or this video on YouTube. I want them to even respect that too. You know, like I I don't want people to look at it like, oh my gosh, that's so fake. I want you to enjoy it. It's fine to like a really nice looking picture. That's the whole point of Instagram to enjoy visually aesthetic photos that make us double tap, make us comment. They make us visit people's sites, podcasts, and YouTube channels. It's fine to enjoy that. But I also want you to know how much work that takes. I also want you to know that that is more than likely how someone is not living their everyday life. We got to start looking at these platforms, Instagram and, and YouTube, like TV. You know, We like TV shows. We enjoy them. But that's not how someone is living their everyday life. This is really for the sake of entertainment. That is really what's going on here. So I showcase my highlight reel for the sake of entertainment. That is part of my job as an influencer. To influence you, I need to more than likely put out something that's really shiny, really nicely produced. You know, In my captions, I'm probably being more than likely 100% authentic. I don't talk about any product I don't actually believe in or have tried myself. But at the end of the day, this is part of my job and the influencers that you like and follow that this is part of their job. So to also understand that it's not quote unquote real life, this is something that is being produced, but it is something worth enjoying and respecting because it is a craft as well. I love that analogy. I've actually not heard that before. The fact that Highlight Reels are entertainment, and that is such a good insight. So thank you for that. Derived from your experiences, what raw and stripped-down advice would you give Generation Z digital natives who have grown up in the social media world, kind of starry-eyed toward other influencers and entrepreneurs, wanting to get into that, but obviously feeling like they are underqualified or don't have what it takes, etc. What would you tell them who are truly hungry to start that journey? Practice how you play. You cannot expect anyone to pay you for something you don't already do. So if you are like, I'm, I want to pitch this brand or I want to work with this brand that we can do this. This is the idea I'm pitching them. Have you actually executed that yourself before, right? If you want a retail company to pay you for a lookbook, have you ever produced a lookbook on your YouTube on your own just for the sake of being a good content creator, right? Same thing with a blog post or a podcast or anything like that. You have to practice how you play. MJ, LeBron, they did not show up for games and only play good. They played well in practice as well. This is the same approach that has to be taken as a content creator. We drag our feet because we're like, it's just an Instagram post. It's just a blog post. It's just a podcast. But then in the same breath, we want somebody to pay us to do it. Well, you've got to show up and you've got to perform at a high level, even when a check is not attached to it. 
that's where the practice is coming in. The practice is showing up for yourself, showing up for your own platform, showing up for your own podcast, your own blog, your own Instagram, showing up for that at a high level, high quality, high value every single time you post so that when it is time to finally talk about money, you can justify it because you have your receipts, you have your proof literally in the pudding because you have been doing this for yourself for the sake of being good. So practice how you play. I think a lot of people only want to show up for the game and you've got to show up for practice as well. Mm. Thank you so much, Maddie, for being on this show. We have truly learned so much throughout all of this. You have been just so candid in your experiences and I think your insights are incredibly actionable. So if you are looking to start something tomorrow, why don't you start today and begin practicing as if you have already received a check for whatever post or podcast or video you're putting out there. We do have an episode released every Tuesday and you can find us on radicallyhonestpodcast.com as well as radicallyhonestpodcast on Instagram and radicallypod on Twitter. Maddie, where can they find you? You guys can find me everywhere. So Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and Pinterest at the Maddie James. And you can check out my blog over at maddiejames.com slash blog. Perfect. And Maddie James, just for everyone's reference, is spelled M-A-T-T-I-E-J-A-M-E-S. Okay, guys, we will see you next week. Thank you so much, Maddie, once again. Thanks, Sam. Bye, guys. <laughs>